Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a fun episode coming up for you. First off, PewDiePie has signed a new exclusive streaming deal with YouTube. So of course, the mainstream media is once again renewing their attacks on him, writing, I think it's fair to say, a bunch of hit pieces, really just showing no mercy. Then actor Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he recently gave an, ep- uh, an interview where he referred to Hollywood as white supremacist and sexist. His words not mine. So that's what we're going to be talking about. But first, I want to tell you guys about this new product I started using, which is also our new sponsor. It's called Let's Get Checked. So what it is, it is an at-home testing service that lets anyone monitor their health without even leaving the house, which considering so many of us are still under lockdown is amazing. I've been using their female-focused tests, but one of the tests they recommend all men consider are their male hormone tests. Did you know that healthy sperm counts have dropped by 50% in the last 40 years? Globally, men are producing less testosterone and experiencing hormonal imbalances. As a result, the only way to find out if that is affecting you is to get tested. We recommend the Male Hormone Advance. It's their most comprehensive test and tracks five different biomarkers, including testosterone, sex hormone binding globulin, prolactin, and estrogen. So just go to trylgc.com lauren and find the Male Hormone Advance test. They'll deliver their Male Hormone Test Kit in discrete packaging and all of their tests look like this. I've ordered several of them myself. Uh, It's super fast shipping. They ship to a bunch of different countries. Odds are, check their site, they probably ship to you. So what you do is you provide a small sample, send it back, and they already provide you everything you need to do that. You can even speak with a nurse after you get your results back in two to five days over the phone about your results to get a prescription also if necessary. Again, all over the phone. It's amazing. Everything is confidential and they will never sell your information. So get an additional 20% off your cart with the offer code Lauren20. Go to trylgc.com slash Lauren. That's trylgc.com slash Lauren. Now the hot news this week in the online entertainment world was of course PewDiePie's new streaming deal with YouTube. Now this for me was interesting. I wasn't expecting this. If you've been keeping up with PewDiePie, his whole career, you'll know that for the last while, it's kind of seemed like he was a little bit at odds with YouTube and YouTube likewise have been distancing themselves from him. Uh, they don't really feature him as much as they probably should on pages like, uh, you know, the Explore page or, or the Trending tab, even though his videos consistently perform so well. Uh, they haven't featured him in a YouTube Rewind video in quite a while, I think, and people have theorized that it's because PewDiePie is seen as being too edgy for the platform, for some of the uh, the controversies he's been part of, which we'll be going through. And likewise, I mean, if you watch PewDiePie's videos, which I do a lot of them, he does take a lot of shots at YouTube, talking about all the problems that really most creators have with them. The fact that it's not really YouTube anymore, it's more like corporate tube and, you know, the they're really pushing a politically correct agenda on their platform. But uh, I guess, nevertheless, he is still the biggest single YouTuber on the site. He has 104 million subscribers. So from a financial standpoint, it does make sense. PewDiePie and YouTube both make a lot of money off of each other. So this partnership, I guess, is kind of an extension on this. And if you are a PewDiePie fan, it's, it's good news for you. But mainstream media was not happy about this. And I guess... 
Really, it started about two years ago. I think it was when the Wall Street Journal article came out, um, kind of accusing him of being this far-right extremist. Since then, the mainstream media has really had it out for PewDiePie. They've never actually liked him, uh, I think because he represents such a threat to legacy media, right? He's this independent creator who has one of the biggest platforms and biggest audiences known to man. They know that they can't control him, but I, I think with within the past few years, it's kind of been ramped up because now not only are they kind of going after how much money he makes and all that, but they're also accusing him of just these ridiculous things like being anti-Semitic and all of that. Now, when the streaming news was announced, these media pieces ag against him, they kind of started popping up all over again. So we're going to be looking at a bunch of those. We have this one from Vice that you'll see, I mean, this is a hit piece. A lot of this is defamatory. And again, if you follow PewDiePie, you'll be, you'll be able to spot how they're twisting the truth to make it seem like he's so, he's such a radical and he's so controversial when he's really not. Uh, if you consider how long PewDiePie has been online and just the hours of content he puts out per week, I'd actually say he's doing pretty good. Uh, but here, we have this from Vice. They write, in 2018, Motherboard wrote a story about the way in which he taught his fans to harass women streamers. We still get hateful emails and tweets from his fans about the story today. Total bull. He, he's never taught anyone to harass people. A year earlier, he apologized for using the N-word during a live stream, which he did. He used it in the heat of the moment. He apologized. They continue much like the one YouTube just announced. They enlisted him to promote. Do you see what they're doing here? They're, they're saying, oh, look, PewDiePie used the N-word in a stream, a stream which YouTube now is, is having him promote. Ah, it's almost like maybe YouTube is trying to promote the N-word. They're, they're trying to twist things, uh, I guess, in the hopes of making it seem like YouTube is condoning this bad behavior to maybe see if YouTube backs off. It's, it's so slimy and it's so transparent. They say earlier that same year, YouTube famously canceled an original series featuring Kelbrick. I'm actually not sure how you say his real last name. Uh, over an anti-Semitic joke he made, the press release announcing the exclusivity deal obviously doesn't mention any of this. Wow, look at YouTube just trying to sweep anti-Semitism under the rug. I guess, I guess they don't care about anti-Semitism is what this author is trying to imply. He also says it's not as if Kilberg has spent time since then rehabilitating his image or making overtures to YouTube. He's had plenty of controversies since and has started his Pew News series of videos, many of which focus on needling YouTube and the media for political correctness. Oh, he skewers political correctness? Well then, clearly he, uh, he hasn't really changed as a person. I mean, first saying the N-word, then apologizing, then he made a joke about anti-Semitism. Now he makes fun of political correctness. What, what kind of personalities are you endorsing, YouTube? How, how dare you? So, oh, so gross. Uh, another article by the BBC. It's funny, this one was actually mostly dedicated to his controversies. Uh, you know, it was uh, an article marketed as about the new streaming detail, but most of the content of the piece was actually dedicated to his controversial moments. They mentioned he's been accused of anti-Semitism and for using Nazi imagery. They don't really give context about any of these being like jokes. It's just, no, he's been accused of anti-Semitism. Nazi imagery, and they leave it vague to kind of make it seem like he's this far-right figure. We also have another piece here by the Washington Post, this one titled PewDiePie, YouTube's controversial but popular creator. He's not controversial. No one who watches him thinks he's controversial. He signs exclusive streaming detail, and the way they begin this piece 
is by saying YouTube has endured a years-long rocky relationship with its most popular and influ influential creator, one that reached a boiling point after a Wall Street Journal article called attention to his use of Nazi jokes on his channel. Now it appears to be water under the bridge. So again, they, they can't talk about this new detail without referencing all of these controversies, which is just... Again, this is transparent. We see what they're trying to do. And this one is, is one of the worst because it, it even says the subscribe to PewDiePie movement became a global meme, though it eventually ended after it was evoked by a mass murderer in New Zealand. PewDiePie had nothing to do with that. Uh, that shooter was a gross troll who was trying to subvert popular culture to create more rifts. Uh, and pieces like this are just playing into it. And not only are they trying to make it seem like PewDiePie is this some political extremist, but now they're also trying to tie him to a mass murderer. A mass murderer who, by the way, also mentioned people like Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens. It was just that, that manifesto was a mess. But this is this is gross. I, I can't believe that they would do this to some, that they do this to someone like PewDiePie, who he's not a political figure. He's, he's made some jokes that I guess they would call edgy, but that's really all this is. And it, I mean, it almost makes me feel better about how I get called all of these names like fascist and things like that. Because if, if even PewDiePie, who plays like Minecraft, gets this kind of treatment, then what hope do people who actually talk about politics from a conservative position have when it comes to these media outlets? Pretty much none. Uh, we have more to go through. But before we do, I want to talk to you guys about Gabby and saving some money. So we are all looking for ways to save money, especially now. When's the last time you looked at how much you're spending every month on car insurance? Probably not recently, right? Or homeowner's insurance? Well, now's the time to check out Gabby and see about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account in and about two minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. Why pay more money than you need to? Um, just a few minutes with Gabby could be saving you money without sacrificing the quality of your coverage. Gabby customers save eight hundred on average, $825 per year. If they can't find you savings, then at the very least, you'll know you can relax because you have the best deal out there. They never sell your info. It's totally free. Uh, check out your rate and there's no obligation. It takes two minutes. Right now, head on over to gabby.com slash Lauren. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash Lauren. Again, gabby.com slash Lauren. The mainstream media, though, they're not the only ones who've been coming after PewDiePie. Francesca Ramsey, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with, especially if you watch political videos on YouTube. She's known for being a progressive uh, culture warrior, social social justice commentator. She used to do MTV's Decoded series. I don't think they do it anymore, but she, uh, she recently went on a bit of a Twitter tirade against PewDiePie when this news was released. She put out a post saying, never forget this man's anti-Semitic joke triggered the YouTube apocalypse, which killed a lot of small channels and made it harder for everyone to monetize their vids, but especially marginalized creators. And now he's rewarded with an exclusive contract with YouTube, LOLOLOL. Uh, upside down smiley face. So that's a complete, I guess, obfuscation of what the actual issue was. PewDiePie made some content, including some jokes that no one had a problem with. Okay, this wasn't a big deal until people in the media, specifically the Wall Street Journal, said, hey, 
YouTube advertisers, did you know that you're putting your content in front of Nazi imagery? How do you feel about that? Like, wh why exactly do you support that? They twisted the advertisers' arms into backing away from the platform. That's not what PewDiePie did. That is what the media did. And I think the reason why the media did that was to try and hit YouTubers like PewDiePie who are threatening their business uh, in, in the pockets. Right? It's better if advertisers take their money for them away from YouTube and put it in sites like theirs, which are getting fewer and fewer readers, I think, by the month. So not fair of her to blame the adpocalypse on PewDiePie. This is a media issue. She also continues, I'm hesitant to say I'll never return to YouTube, but this is one of the many reasons I decline inv invites to be part of their projects, especially because they think some folks should work for free. I am not surprised in the slightest that YouTube is reaching out to her personally uh, to work on projects. Right. I mean, they're not reaching out to people like Steven Crowder, even though he's gotten more views on the platform than she ever will. They're not reaching out to people like Ben Shapiro, even though, again, huge views on the platform um, to say that YouTube isn't ideologically motivated at this point would be a complete joke. Uh, she also shared another post that she had made back when the whole Carlos Maza gay wonk thing started. It, pretty much says that she doesn't think YouTube does enough um, to protect creators from harassment. This is disappointing, but it's not surprising to see from her. And it's, as someone who is on YouTube, the fact that she's siding with the mainstream media on the attacks against Felix, it's just, it's disappointing, right? And it's the same thing, she's, she's siding with Carlos Maza. It's people like this who are responsible for the adpocalypse. Other creators like PewDiePie, they're just minding their own business, making their content. These other busybodies are the ones who are trying to get people deplatformed, demonetized, and things like that. Then someone posted in response to her saying, friendly reminder, bringing up people's past mistakes, no matter how severe they might be, will never make your own record brighter. And this is this is what really got me. This is what she says. I don't know why y'all are so hellbent on describing racism and bigotry as a mistake. Friendly reminder, POC are straight up killed for just existing, but no, let's make excuses for folks being racist. Okay couple things to say to this. Um, first off, racism and bigotry as a mistake. It's not that Felix or PewDiePie has ever been racist or bigot. I really don't think he is. And again, watch his content. Judge for yourself. He has made unfortunate jokes and comments and he's ap apologized for them. I think we all can relate to in the heat of the moment saying something or not thinking about it. Um, there are so many times I've joked about stuff where I know if it had been like on a stream, I would I would have gotten in trouble. Uh, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, considering that over such a long career, there's only been a handful of incidents like this. And really, I think all of them are pretty understandable. It's not like he's actually holding genuinely bigoted views. Then she says, POC are straight up killed for just existing, but no, let's make excuses excuses for folks being racist. Now she's trying to tie PewDiePie's jokes in with POC being racist as if it's it's some kind of, I don't know, competition to see who has it worse or as if PewDiePie's jokes are even remotely related to, I don't know what POC she's referring to maybe is like that jogger, which is an unfortunate incident. I don't know how it relates to this. It's just pretty ridiculous. Um, I hope that YouTube doesn't pull out of the agreement they've made with PewDiePie. I think it would be really cowardly if they do. But when we see pieces like this from Vox, or sorry, Vice, BBC, things like Francesca Ramsey's commentary, 
I don't know if they're going to buckle to the mob outrage over this partnership. I hope they don't because, again, as annoying and loud as these people criticizing PewDiePie are, he has so many more fans who are happy about this. And I hope, I just hope they stand by this. Uh, next up, we have Mark Ruffalo and his ridiculous Hollywood progressive ways. Before we get into that, though, I want to say a quick word about our sponsor, NetSuite. So there's enough uncertainty to go around right now, but NetSuite reduces it by giving you visibility and control with so many critical decisions to make. You need the right numbers and you need them right now. So NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system is here for you. With NetSuite, they give you financials, cash flow, payroll, inventory, and more all in one place. So you have clear visibility and total control of your business. NetSuite customers have the flexibility to work from anywhere with immediate clarity on critical information right at their fingertips. No more guessing, no more waiting. Make smarter decisions with confidence because you've got crystal clear visibility into your numbers. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to stay in control. Receive your free guide, Managing Business Uncertainty, and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com lauren. Again, don't wait. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash lauren. Lauren. All right. So Mark Ruffalo, he is, he is one of the cringier celebrities in my opinion, one of the more politically active activist types. Um, for context of who he is, I actually have some tweets for us all to enjoy before we get into the main interview we'll be going over. He once posted, unless you want to see African-Americans, Latinx, native people, sick people's elders, and the poor die, you would respect and understand the stay in place orders. Now, I, you know, there's a whole conversation about the quarantine lockdown that's happening. There's nuance there, but I, I think this is interesting because it's either you stay in place or you want to see African Americans and Latinx people die. Like the, this is his political view. I, I think it well illustrates the nuances he's capable of and how he sees the world. Really, just how how he uses Latinx. Unironically, I think is pretty telling. He also, in regard to the phrase. I think it was China virus that Trump used to say with regard to, you know, COVID. He posted, Dear Donald Trump, when you blame a virus on an entire race of people, you turn people against them. When you make these unscientific political statements, some of your followers begin to act violently and in exclusionary xenophobic ways against these people do better. He's one of those. You know the type. That's that's what I'm trying to say here. I don't think he's a bad guy. Uh, he does do a lot of charity work. You can see that on his timeline, but he's... He has Trump derangement, he's far left, he's progressive and all that. Now, this this interview isn't the most new, but I only recently came across it. He was doing promotional work for a movie that he had coming out. And uh, it's from The Independent. The headline here, Mark Ruffalo, Hollywood has been white supremacist for 100 years. Yeah, he, he, he went there. So let's let's look at this masterpiece together. A fierce supporter of Bernie Sanders, Mark Ruffalo has been particularly vocal when it comes to abortion rights. He's also used his clout to campaign against fracking and to spearhead a three million strong petition calling on leaders to commit to renewable energy. I don't agree with everything that's there, but that's, that's not too bad. Just usual political activism stuff. He says, recently, Boris Johnson was in the firing lane after he misappropriated the Hulk in an interview, saying he would break off the manacles of Europe. The matter Hulk gets, the stronger Hulk Hulk gets, the Prime Minister said. I don't really think that's misappropriating the Hulk at all. He's just describing what the Hulk is. Uh, but of course, because he's the actor that plays the Hulk and I guess hates Boris Johnson and Brexit, Mark Ruffalo felt the need to intervene or interject, saying, Boris Johnson forgets that the Hulk only fights for the good of the whole. Mad and strong can also be dense and destructive. The Hulk works best when he is in unison with a team and is a disaster when he is alone. So clearly, Mark Ruffalo does not think that representing the wishes and the votes of the British people 
is working as part of a team they just don't count if you really want to be a team you have to be with the the european bureaucrats that's what i'm getting from that i don't know about you guys uh, it continues though as a white man <laughs> As a white man, Mark Ruffalo feels a responsibility to speak about the dearth of women and people of color in the film industry. Maybe as a white man, he should be bowing out from his roles then. I mean, just practically speaking, if he really wants to see more women of color in these roles, maybe he should retire, make some room for them. He says, it's like Joaquin Phoenix was saying at the BAFTAs. This is systemic and it has to start with us, he says. I ask if he's part of the problem. Ooh. He says, yes, we are. Actors shouldn't be flying around in private jets. We don't have to do that. It's going to take some sacrifice. We all have to be a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, is it going to take sacrifice for you? To, do you have to be a little bit uncomfortable by not flying in your private jets? Is it really that uncomfortable to just fly first class commercial? Thank you. Thank you, Mark Ruffalo, just man of the people. He says, you can no longer think it's just about me. You have to see that it has impact in all other directions. So yes, Hollywood, it is systemic, but it's like asking a fish about water. They've been swimming in it their whole lives. This is a hundred years of a certain culture, starting with vilifying Native Americans in film and making them the villains for years and years. I'm not sure if maybe he's referring to Westerns, there, um, I, I guess, you know, the whole cowboys and Indians trope, maybe. Uh, moving to black people and vil villainizing them. I, I don't know if there's a huge culture of villainizing black people in, in media right now. You could say perhaps in, in news media, but I, I don't know if, if Hollywood films do that. In fact, I would say there's over-representation of positive aspects of, of black culture. I, I don't know. Interesting to see, interested to see what you guys think about it. Villainizing them and then a homogenous culture of white supremacy, really. And until we start consciously as a whole industry making those changes, that includes actors also saying, hey, we need diversity on our sets. It's not going to change. It's just passing the buck. So to me, this seems very white savior-esque of him. And I'm, I'm just, I'm curious as to why if he thinks there's such systemic racism and maybe sexism in the film industry, why he's chosen to be part of that industry. I'm, I'm not really sure I understand because I think a lot of people like him would say that if you support Trump, you're complicit in it. He's apparently supporting an entire industry that demonizes black people. Is he complicit in that? I mean, would he accept the idea that, no, I'm just supporting Trump so I can change the movement for the better? I don't think he would. There seems to be a double standard here. The the writer says, I mentioned how Marvel has been criticized in the past for its lack of LGBT plus representation. He begins to tell a story. When we did the first Avengers, Marvel Supremo Kevin Feige told me, listen, I might not be here tomorrow. He was going to talk to Disney about the issue of why there were no female superhero movies, which they had been discussing while preparing for Thor Ragnarok. And he's like, Ike who is Isaac Perlmutter, Disney's largest shareholder at the time, does not believe that anyone will go to a female starring superhero movie. So if I'm still here tomorrow, you'll know that I won that battle. I don't know if that's true. I, you're kind of throwing this person under the bus. If that is the case saying I, he doesn't believe that anyone will go see a female starring superhero movie. I don't know. That says Ruffalo was the turning point for Marvel because Kevin wanted black superheroes, women superheroes, LGBT superheroes, he explains. He changed the whole Marvel universe. We now have a gay superhero on the way. Who is it though? Because there's been controversy over Kevin Feige promising this LGBT representation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it seems not really delivering on it. There are rumors that Valkyrie, who was in uh, Thor Ragnarok, is queer but it's not really been shown on screen if that is the case. So 
I, I don't know. It seems a little bit like pandering and maybe even queer baiting on, on the part of Marvel. She says, we have black superheroes. We have female superheroes. Scarlett Johansson has her movie coming out. We have Captain Marvel. They are doing She-Hulk next. They act as if things like Elektra weren't real. Xena, as if Blade wasn't around way before any of these people with his own superhero movie as a black person. Some some revisionism going on. He continues, no other studio is being that inclusive on that level, he smiles. They have to, though. This is the effing world. So he here talks a lot about the need for inclusivity. I have a feeling, and being representative, I have a feeling, though, he's not as worried about representing areas like middle America or representing maybe viewpoints uh, that Republicans or conservatives or, heck, maybe even just centrists might have. It seems like they're only concerned about a very specific type of diversity and representation. Now, um, going through Mark Ruffalo's timeline, he's obviously a very passionate person about these progressive issues. I feel, though, that he just kind of throws a lot of buzzwords out there, right? Diversity, LGBT, uh, white supremacy, demonizing black people. There's not a lot of meat there, and I feel like that's so par for the course of what we see Hollywood actors do. It's almost like they're using this like woke activism purely as marketing, which is fine. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Disney needs to fire him or anything like that, or he needs to stop. But I do wonder if there was an actor who was saying the same things, but from a conservative viewpoint, like making the same commentaries, um, if Disney, the largest corporation in the world, would feel so comfortable having him as one of their main stars. I don't think that's the case, which is disappointing because there is a huge double standard. I mean, this is like pretty far progressive stuff that he's spouting and no one is trying to get him removed from Marvel if, if things were reversed and it was like an outspoken Republican, you can bet that he would be attacked. And we've actually seen that from someone like Chris Pratt, who isn't even like outspoken conservative, but he, anytime he alludes to anything remotely like Christian or not progressive, he gets attacked. Uh, it's tiring. I, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to see his movies anymore because I'm pretty tired of the MCU anyway. I, I, I think I may just not see more Marvel movies because I don't want more superheroes, but I would love to know what you all think about this. Uh, are you going to keep seeing Mark Ruffalo's movies? Do you even like him as an actor? Let me know. Is there a double standard in Hollywood when it comes to political opinions? And for PewDiePie, do you think YouTube is going to back off cowardly and rescind their deal? Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.